and welcome to Served Neat. I am your host, Jen Hartman. I'm a corporate dropout turned six-figure sales and marketing coach, bourbon enthusiast, type three Enneagram, and dog mom. I'm on a mission to show you that there is more to life than the nine to five grind and that you can leave your job to pursue your profitable passion. I'm going to prove to you that launching an online business can be fun and easy. I'll be giving away my best sales, marketing, mindset, and business strategies served neat. Pour yourself a glass of bourbon, have a seat, and let's chat. What's up? Welcome back to another episode of Served Neat. Happy Hot Take Tuesday, y'all. The responses from the last Hot Take Tuesday episode were overwhelming, to say the least. So I figured I would host a part two where I dove into a couple of more hot takes on this online business space. By the way, before we dive in, this is just a quick disclaimer. This episode is not to make anybody feel bad or upset or to trigger anybody. It is just to shed some light on what's going on in the online business space and to open up a conversation on how we can make improvements. So without further ado, let's go ahead and dive on in. First up, we have mislabeling programs. What do I mean when I say mislabeling programs? I mean, stop calling coaching programs something they are not just so you can make more money. I'm going to dive deeper into this, so just hold tight. I did not think anything of this until I launched my first mastermind back in January, and I received a number of direct messages from potential clients asking if my mastermind was just another course. I was so confused because I thought everybody knew what a mastermind entailed. After having dozens of conversations with not only potential clients, but some of my biz besties, and looking into a couple of my competitors' masterminds, I began to see a huge problem. Masterminds were being promoted as anything but. So if you guys don't know, a mastermind is a peer-to-peer coaching program. It is not a passive course like what I saw being promoted. It is not a group coaching program where a coach shows up to the call and just teaches at you from a PowerPoint. That is not a mastermind. Masterminds are meant for more advanced entrepreneurs who want to have conversations with other entrepreneurs. They don't necessarily need any kind of handholding. They just want to be in a community of like-minded people. Oh, no, 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 no. Sorry, guys. Bruin decided he wanted to make his first guest appearance on. Oh, my goodness gracious. I cannot with my dog. We just, I can't. Oh, this reminds me of something else I want to touch on. Group coaching programs where clients don't actually get access to the coach. Just co-coaches. And I'm not saying that the co-coaching model is a problem. Oh, Bruin's here. He's live. Bryn, do you have anything to say to the people now that you've so rudely interrupted my podcast? No, just like heavy breathing. Okay. He's a little camera shy, a little mic shy. You guys might be able to hear his little 
his little toes, some tippy tappies in the background. Bruin, get out. Get out. Get out, please. Get No, you're not a guest on this episode. That's next time. That's episode 42, buddy. You arrived too early. Get out, please. Get out. I'm not saying that anything is wrong with this model, but you should at least communicate this to your clients before they sign on the dotted line. So a lot of this whole mislabeling programs situation comes down to two things. One, coaches wanting to make more money without doing more work. And two, providing clarity around what type of support you're providing in a program and the structure of the program. If you're not sure what your program technically is, if you're like, I have no idea if this is a course, a group program, a mastermind, check in with another coach. Ask for their feedback before you start promoting something and putting a label on it. I also recommend before you promote a specific offer, join, join one. Join a mastermind before you create one yourself. Buy a competitor's course before you create one. This gives you a sense of, one, the structure, and two, it allows you to figure out what you liked and what you didn't like. Okay, gotta take a deep breath, gotta calm down. This whole Hot Take Tuesday thing has me, like, fired the heck up. Okay, number two, the second hot take I want to talk about is blaming coaches. When you invest your hard-earned money into a business coach, a marketing coach, sales coach, fitness, whatever, you name it, and you didn't get the results you were hoping for, it is so easy to play the blame game. However, when you are a CEO, you take responsibility for the good and the bad and the ugly including the investments that just didn't work out for you. Blaming others for your shortcomings is completely unacceptable, and I would even say it's immature. I get that there are a few bad apples out there. There are in every single industry. But a majority of coaches and service providers have a good heart. We do. We do. We want the best for our clients. When it comes to coaches, coaches are not there to do the work for you. They're available to guide, support, and educate you throughout your journey. Outside of your coaching sessions, it is up to you to hold yourself accountable and to do the work. So before you complain about a past coach or your current coach, I want you to ask yourself, did I actually do the work? Did I do the work? Did I show up to the calls attentive? Did I take notes? Did I ask questions on the calls? Did I utilize the resources that were given to me during the program? Did I take advantage of the support that was offered? And finally, did I take action during the coaching program? Did I actually implement the material that I learned? The other thing I want you to consider is, did I ask the right questions before joining the program? Now, I don't always see prospects asking the right questions when they're considering investing in a coach. What should you be asking? You should definitely be finding out what the support in the program looks like, what the transformation is, what the cost is, how much FaceTime you get with the coach. Make sure you gain clarity around that before you commit. It's okay to take your time. It's okay to do your research. Check their credentials. Get on LinkedIn. Make sure they have experience doing what they're doing. Take your time. No one is sitting there forcing you to sign on the dotted line. If you know, this drives me insane. If you know in your heart that you need one-on-one support, but you pick a group coaching program instead because it's cheaper, you cannot get upset if you're not getting hands-on one-on-one support from your coach. 
you just can't. That is not fair to your coach. Or if you don't want to put in the work, that's okay. Hire someone to do it for you. A coach is not going to do the work for you. She's not going to hold your hand. She's not going to do the work. You don't invest in a coach just to take your foot off the gas. In fact, I tell people this all the time. The real work happens after you sign a contract. That is when the work actually begins. If you don't want to put in the work, hire a marketing agency, hire a PR firm, hire an email marketing coordinator, hire someone to do it for you if you truly do not want to put in the work that a coach is trying to help you with. And coaches, look, we're not perfect either, right? There are a couple of things that you're going to want to do on your end. Make sure to follow through on what you're promising in a program or an offer. Please don't promise the world if you can't deliver. Don't promise $10,000 cash months. Don't promise your clients that they're going to get rid of their anxiety or that they're going to lose 25 pounds because this will only make your clients wildly upset with you if they don't hit that goal. And I will say, this is a fun tip for you. Vet clients very carefully before you let them into active coaching programs like group coaching, masterminds, or one-on-one coaching. Look for red flags. Here are two really big red flags that I, I look for. If a prospect complains about her last coach, this is a huge red flag. This tells me a couple of things. One, her coach maybe was acting out of integrity or maybe she didn't want the best for her client, which happens. But number two, what I see more often is that shows that clients, that future client of yours, that shows her true character. That shows that she is unable to take ownership for her actions or lack thereof. And that is a client that I do not want to work with. So if you see or if you hear your your prospect talking poorly about a last coach, ask what happened. Hey, I heard you mention a previous coach a couple of times and how you were unhappy with your program. Do you mind telling me more about why you're unhappy with that program? Oh, you didn't see results. Interesting. Why do you think you didn't see results? Don't be afraid to get her to open up and dive more into why it didn't work out. You just want to make sure you're not taking in someone who's going to blame you for her, his or her lack of success. You want to make sure you're taking in clients who are open and willing and ready to do the work. And red flag number two here, if she's purely money driven, I've worked with 150 clients in the last two years. And I will tell you, that I have had probably a handful of clients who just did not work out. And at the end of the day, it came down to them only caring about the money. That was their why. And if that's your why, oh my gosh, if that's a prospect's why, run. Don't walk, run in the other direction. You do not want to work with somebody who's only in it for the money. Again, those two red flags. If a prospect is complaining about her last coach, be careful. And number two, if she's purely money-driven, just watch for these things. I say this because I've had experiences and I've seen these red flags and they haven't resulted in anything good. So I'm going to go over my two hot takes again for the online business space. Number one is mislabeling programs. Call your programs what they are. If it's a passive course, call it a course. If it's a mastermind, call it a mastermind. If it's one-on-one coaching, call it one-on-one coaching. Don't try to get shady. Don't do the smoke and mirrors thing. Call it what it is because this contributes to a lot of problems and mistrust that we have in coaches because they see people mislabeling programs. Number two, don't blame coaches. Take ownership of your actions, of your investments. I know there's a few bad apples out there, but I would say for the most part, 
Coaches and service providers have a really good heart. Please don't blame them for your problems, especially if you did not follow through on your end of the deal. Okay, guys, if you guys love these episodes, let me know. I mean, it sounds like you guys do, but if you liked part two, send me a DM. I'll make a part three here in the next couple of weeks. This is not me shaming our industry by any means. I understand that we are in an unregulated industry. It is still very much the wild, wild west. There's nobody holding us accountable. And with that, it's up to us to hold ourselves accountable. Some people do, some people don't. And it's worth talking about some of the issues that I've seen come up again and again and again. And it's not, again, it's not to shame people. It's literally just to shed light on some of the problems so we can change how things have been going so we can clean up our industry and do better for our clients. That is it for today's episode. Thank you guys for listening. I appreciate you so much and I will catch you guys next week. 